Welcome to Get Up in the Cool Old Time Music with Cameron DeWitt and Friends. This week's friend is Josie Tony. We recorded this at the home of Rachel Bayman and George Jackson in Nashville back in August. Thanks, Rachel and George, again, for hosting me and my guests. Real quick plug for my other podcast, Think Outside the Box Set. We're starting a new season exploring the music of Nirvana through a trans-feminine lens, or maybe more accurately, without the compulsory cis-normative lens. You can find that in all the same places where Get Up in the Cool is available. Stick around afterwards and I'll tell you how to keep up with Josie Tony. but first, here's our interview and jam. Enjoy. know if, if we've ever played one-on-one together before i don't think we have what a treat this is so great this is amazing <laughs> josie tony welcome to yeah. get up in the cool thanks for having me it's been it's been a while we've been trying to make it happen yeah we were getting dangerously close to the i'm no longer going to ask this person because <laughs> i don't want to seem <laughs> needy <laughs> so i'm really glad that it worked out it's okay yeah. i love to be needed yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, uh, I think, I think that we met at like Black Creek, maybe. Oh my gosh, we might. many years ago. Yeah, like two thousand. 16 yeah, some, 17, 17 maybe maybe it was a that's a really sweet little festival if yeah. anyone lives kind of generally in the northeast right that's where it is it's up there mm-hmm. yeah somewhere uh, <laughs> i've only been the one time i but believe that really is nice. the one in altamont i think that sounds close yeah <laughs> so many campouts a little time there are so many and you and i both come from the pacific northwest that's right we're there's like one. There's Weezer, which, There's is, Weezer. which is far. Yeah, it's far and kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are, we're, you're from, you're, you live in Portland. Are you from there, Port, Portland yeah, as well? Yeah, And I'm from Olympia, which is two hours away. And they actually both do have their own little yeah. old time festivals, which are great. Um, but they, they didn't even exist when I was a kid, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, when did you start playing the violin in general, mm-hmm. and it, was it fiddling that you started with? Yeah. Um, so my dad is a fiddle player. He's a contradance fiddle player. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, so I always had fiddles. My first one was like a one sixteenth size, little teeny, Cute. teeny baby one. Before that, actually, I had a cardboard one. But I started taking um, Suzuki lessons when I was five, yeah. and then um, pretty close to the same time, my dad started teaching me fiddle tunes. So a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah. that's really sweet. Okay, so uh, there's kind of a podcast within a podcast at this point of like me um, talking to parents of musical mm. of musical children or to children of musical parents. Yeah, you are still playing the violin. Oh yeah, you you seem to be enjoying yourself <laughs> in general, <laughs> uh, yeah. or at least. Per- performing some sort of enjoyment while you do it yes uh not a performance i will say lots of things in my life are perhaps performances but sure. enjoyment is not one of them yeah good yeah well you've succeeded at learning how to play music without the uh crushing weight of expectations from musical parents and uh i have a kid who's in fiddle camp right now and he doesn't really want to be Mm -hmm. and so uh i just like need all the advice i can get well (laughs) what did you need to get to where you are now i don't know i mean i will say that i had plenty of struggles with my parents not wanting to practice yeah and um there's a lot of ways to parent with musical kids are trying to, you know, instill music in kids. Um, And one of them is making your kid practice every day. And I'm not saying that that's right or wrong. I really think it depends on the kid and the family and everything. In my house, you, it was, my parents both played music every day. It was not, you brushed your teeth every night and you also practiced your fiddle every night, you know, even if it was for 10 minutes. Um, But that's not to say that we didn't argue about it. And I think in some ways my parents got lucky and had a, a kid who ended up really loving not only music, but like something pretty close to what my dad plays. Yeah. I mean, that's unusual. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, we're, we're, you know, he's a contradance fiddler and oh, he plays lots of Irish music and lots of stuff. And I play a lot of old time and bluegrass and country, but like, really, yeah. I'm playing the fiddle and he's, he played the fiddle. So yeah. yeah, I don't know. And we've, you know, actually just talked to my dad earlier today. He's still playing contradances. I grew up playing in his contradance band. I started when I was 11. What was the name? I love contradance band names. It's, they're the best. Um, our band, his band name was called Riff Raff. Great. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, yeah, starting when I was 11. And I will say again, <laughs> child of you know, I I don't know how much advice I can give you, but I got paid to play contra dances. Okay. That was huge for me. Okay. I was like the only 11 year old who had money to yeah. spend on whatever you what, know what did you spend money on i spent money on year? clothes yeah what I kind was, of clothes uh mostly goodwill clothes yeah, and sure. then i would learn how to i learned how to sew that way i learned how to alt i was a weirdly shaped child as every child is and i had to figure out how to make clothes fit me and wow what a cool kid yeah i, I uh, <laughs> playing in, gigs in retrospect i seemed like i maybe i was cool i certainly didn't feel that way that's the thing right yeah. you're doing all of these things that different that yeah maybe uh i feel like kids want some sort of coolness mm -hmm. and conformity uh and safe safety yeah yeah identity safety and you're not necessarily doing those things as a kid i think i struggled a lot with my identity around the fiddle and fiddle music in my teens is it because uh some people think that it's not very cool some people think that which is, <laughs> i don't know well i don't know how much which is not very cool of them i, I know think. In retrospect, I don't really know how much other kids didn't think it was cool and how much the fear that yeah. I had that other kids wouldn't think it was, you know? Was it like a was it like a secret that you played? Did you like play for your friends? Did they know? Well, yeah, I don't think it was a secret, but it I just I wasn't like inviting my friends to contra dances, you right, know? Right. It was this p other part of my life. Yeah. It felt very separate until um, I started my own contra dance band. When Which I was, was named 15. Are you ready for this? Yeah. It's really good. Never. <laughs> um, you might have heard this before because this contra dance band was with Scotty Leach uh, and Ethan Ujevitz, uh, uh, bass player, and then my stepbrother Andrew Foster, who's a fantastic fiddler. Um, it was I'm called, sure he deserves an ah, but I don't know. Uh, him. Sorry. He, yeah. And uh, it was called The Retrospectacles. That was oh, the name of our band. Of course. Yeah. So we, we <laughs> <laughs> the contra, the contrabandiest contraband name I've ever. We're talking heard. about feeling cool and not feeling cool, and it has come full circle. Oh. I love that name again. I, I hated that name, and then I love now. I love it. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's something yeah. about like the allure of portmanteau Just is full dorkiness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm on. I'm on board with it. Yeah, good. Yeah. So then we, we started that, truth. that group. <laughs> that group, and it was really cool. We did well. You know, we were 14, 15 year olds who were good at music, and we were playing yeah. contra dances, which is a very small community, and there weren't a lot of kids doing it. So we got to do dance weekends and festivals in like Texas and Alaska and like awesome. California. It was really cool. It was my my first experience with any sort of any sort of touring or like yeah. you know per, more next kind of professional level of music and then that's when you were able to have friends yeah. in your music community as opposed to separate i think spheres. that's when i learned how to make friends in a music community yeah i think i to me now and i would imagine you're you have a similar it's similar for you but i think all of my friends 100 percent of them are in my music community in one way or another you know and that's something that you don't really, well, I didn't have until I was maybe in my early twenties because yeah. at home it was all my parents' friends, yeah. you know, and then I, anyways, my life story can go on and on, but <laughs> I'm glad to have the community that I have now. It's absolutely invaluable. Yeah. I still have some different spheres. I tried to like as much as possible, make the Venn diagram into yeah. just a hoop as you well, know, but, uh, it, it is really refreshing to be able to talk to people who, uh, 
understand the like high context mm -hmm. culture of like you know what we're yeah. doing here because when I share my music with other friends sometimes they're like that was that was nice mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you, you, That's better than I thought banjo sounded. You did, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I get that, that for the fiddle too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, that was that's good. It didn't yeah. make me want to run screaming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow, we have a special guest. We have a special guest. We're we're sitting on uh, our dear friend's porch in Nashville, Tennessee, and it's like how hot i don't know it's very very warm yeah it's it's wetter than it is warm <laughs> that's, that's <true>. doing a, <laughs> doing a lot of the work uh well let's see if my banjo is still in tune yeah uh what do you want to play next i don't know let me look let's do um this tune since we were just talking about my dad and stuff let's just do this tune that uh, he taught me that's uh it's called far from home and it's i think it sounds a lot like a shetland tune but i think it's maybe has irish yeah. um roots I, the first kind of you kind of see it pop up in chicago in like the early 1900s but um yeah it's a it's a cool one and i and it's square it's not crazy i think i can teach it to you pretty okay quick. great okay. all right Thank you. 
Yeah. Thanks, Dad. I know. <laughs> so good. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> yeah. I've uh, recently been going back and playing some of those tunes that I learned from him. And, mm. you know, I think I went really far into the old time rabbit hole, which I love. But there's some pretty good tunes outside of that, too. There are. <laughs> they exist. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think that one counts. Yeah. Yeah, it's really sweet. When I met you... Mm -hmm. You were living in Boston. Yeah, I think I just moved there. Why did you move to Boston? Why did you go to Boston? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess a quick trajectory of my life across the United States. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm from Olympia, and I went to school in Bellingham, Washington, originally, and I studied classical violin there. Hmm. Um, I did classical in addition to fiddle all through high school and college, and uh, dropped out in my junior year because I... Uh, well, A, I'm pretty bad at school in general. Just like school's hard. School's hard. Yeah. I would say that I'm I have a, a good at memorizing things, so like I can I can fake it. Yeah. Um, but my mental health is not good in school. Not yeah. happy. So I I did my best, but I dropped out and then spent some time uh, tooling around the country a little bit, and then I moved to Denver, and I lived in Denver for four years, um, where I kind of like started playing more bluegrass there, which was fun. Uh, and I kind of hit a wall career-wise, I felt, and also just in my own skill level, I just wanted to get better, and I really had, I'd never studied anything other than classical yeah. at any sort of actual institution, or I mean, other than fiddle camps, you know, so, so I went to Boston to go to Berkeley, long yeah. story short, um, and I was 27 when I got there. Yeah. I was 10 years older than a lot of the other students, which, is was that intimidating just because um, I, my impression is that there are so many like 18 <laughs> and 19 year olds there and then some of them burn out immediately or a lot of them yeah. burn out immediately but then some of them are like geniuses i mean here's i don't know if this is just like going to grand picture all at once but uh, i think i think uh one thing that happened when I went to Berkeley, because, yeah, there was definitely a little bit of intimidation of, like, you know, yeah. I, I was not one of those kids. Like, just to be clear, there are, like, you know, these bluegrass 16-year-olds who are fucking insane. Yeah, they, they need to be stopped. It's wild. They need to, yes. <laughs> they're a menace. Um, <laughs> I was not. I was good at fiddle tunes. I was good at sure. playing dances, you know. Yeah. Um, and, I'm a, and I got to be a good, like, working musician. I'm a, I was a good side person. I show sure. up on time and I learn the stuff and I can yeah. play a lot of different styles. But, uh, yeah, but I was a little intimidated and um, I really had no reason to be because it turns out there's a lot of other factors that go into having a successful career in music other than yeah. being like really good at your instrument when you're yeah. 16. I mean, that gives you a big boost. I'm not saying don't do that. Yeah. Um, but if you're, you know, for example, like me and not homeschooled, <laughs> you might not have gotten to that place. Yeah. And uh, you can get a really long way by being friendly and, mm. and you know, go putting yourself out there, going to jams, going to gigs, introducing yourself to people. And I think my maturity took me a long way at Berkeley. Yeah. Um, just because I had already, you know, you might be amazing at your instrument and have gotten lots of scholarships, but you've maybe never played a gig or yeah. you've never played a gig where it was somebody else's gig or yeah. whatever, you know? So there's a lot of experience that did me very right at Berkeley where, you know, maybe my innate skills 
I don't. I'm a good fiddle player. I just I'm a different. I'm a different. <laughs> I'm just a just a different kind of musician than a lot of the people who end up at Berkeley. I guess. I guess maybe it was a, maybe it's kind of like a pointed or vulnerable question. The, the way the man I, way I wanted it to be yeah. interpreted was, Berkeley is like a I know exactly intimidating what you place mean. with yeah. hierarchies and like vibes and big vibes. <laughs> and big ideas about success or failure. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, that's so lovely that you waited to go there until you were like maybe more of a whole person yeah. and ready to do it. Sometimes I, uh, well, actually once, once a month, I, I sort of sh shiver when I think about how much money I spent at school <laughs> as, yeah. as, as a, uh, uh, 19 year old yeah uh, through 21 and like still paying that off and yeah, it's, I no barely kidding. made a <laughs> barely made a dent out of that I mean I went to school twice I failed yeah, the well, first sure, time yeah. but I was like <laughs> so I, I hear you about yeah yeah. I, yeah part of me it's like hard to say it's so like yeah I don't think that would have been nice I, to wait yeah I I recommend it I, yeah. I, everybody is different I think everybody almost everybody would probably do better taking at least a year or two off after high school. And if you're considering a life in music or specifically a career in music, go do that before you go spend a lot of money yeah. learning how to do it better. Figure oh out if God. you like it. Yeah. Cause not everyone does. And that's totally legit. There's some of my favorite musicians are not full-time professional musicians and oh, they're yeah. still incredibly influential and inspirational. So. Absolutely. Yeah. But I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's play another tune. Yeah, What's was, next on the list? Do you want to uh, sing a song? Mm -hmm. I was thinking I might do... Um, I started playing guitar when I was about 15, so I brought my guitar along. I thought we might do a, a Carter Family yeah. song. Yeah, great. Because I like Carter Family. I even named my dog Maybell. Aw. <laughs> Maybe I'll skip the marriage verse. <laughs> So I'm single. <laughs> just anyone who's super into fiddle music. <laughs> this is the place to put it out there. It's up to you. <laughs> you might not like all the answers you get, but... <laughs> Gender irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> Springtime. Tell me, sweet Fern, is he thinking of me and the promise he made long ago? He said he'd return from over the sea. Oh, why does 
far distant land, a land that is over the sea. Go fly to him singing your sweet little song and tell him to come back to me. We have a friend. Yeah. Oh, there, there they go. Uh, there's a really big dragonfly here. There was. Um, oh, thanks for singing that with me. <laughs> that was so sweet and so <laughs> stressful. Those songs are so stressful to me. Oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Just the like, this like high stakes, old timey, uh, long distance monogamy. Jesus, it's so stressful. <laughs> it's so true, honestly. Yeah. I haven't sung that song in a few years, really. I kind of was picked it up the other day. But now I'm touring, and I wasn't at that point, and it yeah. definitely hits a little bit differently. Uh -huh. You're like, wow, that's... I, I'm... Maybe if I was going away to the wars instead of on tour, it'd be easier. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow. Yeah, I love the, the, the role of the bird as the yeah. therapist in yes. all-time ballads. Is... I think we all need a bird therapist. Yeah. <laughs> it's a groundhog over there. Look. Oh, my God. Hello. <laughs> groundhog. Will, you, will <laughs> you see if my lover's still true? <laughs> I need a different... <laughs> Would you mind just traveling yeah. across the sea real quick yeah. and see if my lover has like made out with anyone else? Yeah. That'd be real great. Then fly back here and tell me. <laughs> oh, my God. I've never actually seen one oh, before. Yeah. I've just seen their work. Yes, uh, the, the seasons, you mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had never seen one until I moved here. They're oh, there it goes. Cute. They're pretty cute. Yeah. They're not great for, like, I think civilization. Like, they don't mix well with, like, sure. buildings and gardens, <laughs> but that's yeah. not their fault. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're not great for that. Yeah, true. Uh, wow. Good song. Yeah. Uh, stressful as it is. Oh. Well, that's a sweet fern. That's a. There's a long history of music in my family, and um, 
my my granddaddy and grandma used to sing some Carter family songs. I don't think they sang that one because I have a, an old notebook full of lyrics and stuff from when they used to sing together. But I remember finding that and seeing Carter family and thinking, hmm, I, I sing Carter family songs too. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not just not just your dad then who uh, taught you how to play traditional music and exposed well, you to it. I would say that my grandparents weren't around when yeah. I was growing up. So he, he was... Um, he definitely was my main like in-person teacher for that stuff yeah. um but he always brought me to like we always went to fiddle tunes and you know other camps um but no actually my the first family member i know of on my dad's side is my great granddad sam tony he was a slate miner in virginia and he was a fiddle player um hmm. and i actually have his fiddle i should have brought it today oh, wow. but it's this beautiful old weird fiddle i think it might have been an old sears model or something yeah. um so yeah, so he played the fiddle, and then my granddad, his son played banjo and guitar. My dad plays mm. fiddle and guitar. I play fiddle and guitar, I guess. Yeah. And then uh, my mom's side has a bunch of classical musicians on it as well. Yeah. My grandpa was a composer, and my my great-grandfather, Nikolai Sokoloff, was, um, he actually founded the Cincinnati uh, Orchestra Whoa. or Symphony, I'm not sure what they call it, but... He was he was a composer and a violinist. So half of your ancestors are really pleased with what you're doing, and yeah. half of them are the really them disappointed. Are, are really, yeah, spinning <laughs> in their you graves. Quit school. <laughs> I quit still, school. you know, you still play. You still do some. Well, you have I have a go-to out, that you pull out. Yeah, yeah I get I get my Bach, my my wow. unaccompanied Bach sonatas and partitas. Great. They're great for practicing being in tune, which is uh, the hardest thing, I think. Mm. About the fiddle, <laughs> other than maybe just the bow in general. Just the rest of it. <laughs> rest yeah. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet. I'm glad you held on to that. Uh, I, I, I also quit classical mm -hmm. piano. Yeah. Uh, in college. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I haven't held on to any of that. I should pull pull some of that back out. You know, it's funny because I just said the thing that I still play is the unaccompanied yeah. stuff, but my I think my main the main reason I couldn't continue with classical music, at least at a professional level, is because I like playing with other people. Yeah. I that's I, it's great to sit down on my own and play some tunes sometimes. That's a very centering thing. But I grew up playing always two fiddles in a band. Yeah. I love playing with other fiddlers. I love playing in bands and yeah, when I was studying classical music I just had to spend many, many hours alone in a practice room and it just wasn't it didn't feel spiritually satisfying yeah, yeah. yes <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah i have more use for that kind of thing now in my life uh but at the time it's like this is not the kind of learning i need to be doing right now and kind of yeah. l learning about myself like i'm not good left to my own devices i need I, to be around other people <laughs> you, you know? know i think it's really important to see other people struggle yeah. also because yeah. we all struggle and i think there's like an attitude around classical music and some other styles of just sort of like, you know, higher technical learning around music uh, uh, where you're never supposed to mess up. You're never supposed to, you know, you go and you practice alone in your little room and you play all your bad notes in the little yeah. room and then you come out and you're supposed to play it perfectly. And that's really stressful. Yeah. I don't like that. I never want to be in a situation where I have to play something perfectly. Why? Yeah, what absolutely. That, what does that even mean, perfectly? <laughs> yeah, especially like the the opportunities to play uh, classical music are like 
you know, you practice something for a really long time and you like play it once. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. And I mean, look at us. We're playing these tunes over and over and over. Different every time. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to play next? Okay, here's a safe harbor rag, which I got from the playing of Chirp Smith up in Illinois. He's excellent to learn tunes from. Very clear. The, the tune is so, like, relaxing and cute. Yeah. And so warm for, like, a rag because it's in F and has all those sweet yes. sounds. And it's sort of like I, I let my guard down and I forget <laughs> that I'm, like, Never let playing in F and I'm playing a rag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's true. I love F and yeah. I love rags. Yeah. And that's, like, the Fest of all rag. Like, it's, I don't know. Like, there are other more raggy tunes that are in F, but that one just ends up feeling so nice and, like... I don't know. Nice and chill. Yeah. We have time for one more, but b before we play our final tune, and I'm curious to see which one we end up doing. I because, know. <laughs> yeah. We had discussed, uh, but we'll see. Uh, where do people go to 
follow everything that you're doing yeah. and get more of your music and support your music. Yeah. Um, I have a website, josietony.com. It's not... So I have a full-time gig right now. I tour with uh, Sierra Farrell, who's a wonderful pretty cool. singer-songwriter. And <laughs> pretty cool. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and I am really enjoying it. Um, and I do sometimes also kind of do my own thing or do my own recordings and stuff. So when I do that, usually it'll go on my website. But um, honestly, my Instagram is a really good spot right now to like keep track of where I am and what I'm doing. Um, I, I do teach, and I'm looking for some I'd love to find some students in Nashville but also I've done some zoom lessons and had a lot of fun with that um but yeah check out my my website or or my Instagram it's a good spot and yeah I have some recording projects coming out at some point I'm very uh uh too relaxed (laughs) about it at the moment I think so Instagram would be where the best place maybe for people to find uh to hear news yeah. about those projects. Yeah, I mean, I, big big news will definitely come on my website. But if you're like, hey, where is she going to be on tour or yeah. whatever, like, that's a good spot to, to check out. Um, yeah, and I just post. Oh, I, I don't post a lot, but I post a lot of dogs. So if yeah. you're into dog content, Great. it's a good spot to go as well. I, I take pictures of all the dogs I meet on tour. <laughs> yeah, good. Good. That's... Yeah. A big part of why the platform's there. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do for our final one? Um, do you want to try that Icicle Creek? Or yeah. sorry, Winder Slide? Yes. Have you ever looked into it at all? I don't know anything about Winder Slide. Will you yeah. tell us? Well, okay. I should have... I should have... I got, this comes from Bruce Molsky, and I should have called him to confirm the fact. So, um, so if this Bruce is wrong, Molsky, it's Bruce's you fault. You can call me and yell at me. <laughs> uh, I love it. My understanding is that one of the parts was written by somebody whose name somebody else knows, but okay. I don't. Okay. Um, and it was recorded to make it sound like a source tune. So I think it was I think it was written good. and recorded in the 80s maybe, but mm. it's the like the first recording of it sounds like it's you know something on Slippery Hill. Yeah, awesome. And, uh, which is cool, and it was kind of a joke, you know. Yeah. But uh, and then somebody wrote a second part to it, yeah. uh, and called it Winder Slide, and a lot of people like to play it nice and slow and beautifully, and um, it's also kind of cool at a faster tempo. But what I did is I wrote some words to it. I was camping with my family up in Washington um, at Icicle Creek, which is beautiful. It's The snow melt comes down from, I think it's called Cowboy Mountain. You'll hear those lyrics. And uh, just standing standing in the creek, playing winder slide, and ended up writing some words to it. And it's a little easier for me to sing it while I'm playing guitar, so I'll probably do that. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Josie, thanks so much for doing this. Yeah. It's so great to play tunes one-on-one with you. This is wonderful. I'm so happy to be here. I love this podcast and you've had so many amazing guests on there. It's very cool to be, to be part of it. There, yeah, okay. I'm ready.
running from a peak Faster than a cowboy She's called Casper Creek And her voice is a rippling water And oh, how she does speak Telling tales of ancient She's called Casper Creek She's a wonder She'll wind up where she may Visit Josie Tony's website, josietony.com, to contact her for lessons and booking. Follow her on Instagram for announcements and dog content. Both are linked in the show notes for this episode, which you can find in your podcast app. You can support Get Up in the Cool by sharing the show with a friend or sharing and liking the video posts on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Help fund this podcast by signing up at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. Make sure to follow my old-time trio, Tall Poppy String Band, on social media for tour dates and announcements. Check the link in the show notes for Get Up in the Cool merch and rep your favorite old-time podcast at the next Fiddler's Convention. Visit pitchforkbanjo.com for my instructional Clawhammer banjo series or to schedule a lesson with me. Check out my other podcast, Think Outside the Box Set, Season 25, coming soon. It's available in all the same places as Get Up in the Cool. Again, everything I mentioned is linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool.